Hello everyone, this is Tribecast episode 11 and my name is Marina. This week I have prepared for you three interviews. First, Viktor Isaksen talked to me about the differences between Finnish and Swedish ecosystem and the new trend of bioeconomics in the startups. Then Tapio Sik explained to me what kind of projects and changes are ongoing in the Tampere startup ecosystem. And finally, Sebastian Ern opened up about growth hacking and whether it is better to work in a huge corporation or to start up your own business. I found those talks really interesting and now let's check whether you would enjoy them. And this week we're having a guest from abroad. So hello, Victor, and please tell our listeners a few things about what do you do. Hello everyone, my name is Victor Isaacson, I'm from Sweden. I'm responsible for Sting Bioeconomy, which is a virtual incubator based in Karlstad in Sweden. And we work with the startups uh, all over the world in the bioeconomy area. Okay, what brought you to Finland? I'm here speaking at a conference tomorrow called BSR Stars, and I wanted to see if there were any cool places that worked with the startups and uh, happily I found that uh, Tribe Tampere looks very promising so, so I'm here to, to meet you Okay, so tell us a few things more about your experience about Tribe Tampere Yeah, I, I just your... came last night so I, I don't know that much yet but Vesa Mati, who's responsible here has taught me a lot about what you're doing and your ambitions and I've, I've been looking at the facilities and uh, I'm very inspired So let's hope that we'll find some points of cooperation later on. What do you think nowadays stops early-stage startups from becoming big and successful? Um, I think there, some companies are too afraid to meet the customers before they are ready for action. Our um, uh, way of looking at it uh, is that one should meet a potential customer as early as possible, Um, and ask a question about if I had a product or if I had a service that worked like this, would it be possible for you to be a customer? If the customer then says, yes, this is interesting, under an NDA, of course, mm-hmm. um, I would try to get a letter of intent from the customer as mm-hmm. early as possible. Uh, I think most startups, uh, most startups wait too long before they actually meet a promising customer. Okay. And do you think that Nordic way of doing a startup differs from the world outside? Yes, I, I think a bit. I think that we are used to helping each other in, in many directions. And I also think that we are used to working internationally. So um, and we're not afraid of, of, of trying stuff outside the borders and... And I think that's one of the key success factors in, in, in growth with a, with a startup is that uh, you shouldn't see any borders. You don't have to test anything locally if the customer is willing to try it somewhere else faster. Mm-hmm. So um, be bold. Uh, go out there and, and test your stuff as soon as possible, even if you don't have the product or the service ready. And what about the famous connection between Nordic people and nature? Do you think that this also has some kind of vibe for a startup world especially now i would say just two three or uh, two three years ago there was not a big demand for natural products at all Mm -hmm. Uh, but now 
the demand is is incredibly big. Uh, and if you have ideas, if you have um, potential products which which has natural resources as uh, the main source, the market has never been bigger. And and the money is also there because many entrepreneurs have done exits in in other areas and they're now looking to be part of saving the planet so they want to use their money into green startups so um there certainly is a, is a great opportunity using nature as the main source for for your new startups okay Thank you very much for your time, Victor. And probably to wrap our interview up, can you tell our listeners a few things about yourself, like what kind of companies you worked for, maybe some other kind of background? Sure. I am an IT and telecom man, and I've worked with a number of companies that have been spun off from, from bigger bigger areas. One of our companies called iLevo was the first to do um, communication on power lines. Uh, another company called Citivo was the first to actually... Uh, use graphics on on uh, both Nokia and Ericsson phones. And my latest company is um, is called uh, Sound Dimension, and it's um, a stackable speaker system where you have small speakers, you stack them together, and uh, the more you stack, the better the sound gets. Um, they are AI based and they're fun to use. But since um, last spring, 2018, I have focused only on on bioeconomy. So now I, uh, I work with companies that, um, from um, Lignin, which is um, a byproduct from, mm-hmm. from the forest, uh, we make uh, graphene, which is a pretty cool material. Mm-hmm. Um, we use uh, Lignin to make uh, plastics. We have one company which is very cool called Melker, which actually 3D prints uh, kayaks, paddle boards, uh, mm-hmm. skateboards from uh, sawdust. Mm-hmm. And... Um, most recent company is um, a company that makes um, building material out of paper, which actually becomes stronger than than than, than uh, ordinary wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's a mixture, but it's it's great fun. Okay, so probably if there is a bio technology interested or already working in that sphere, a startup from Tribe Tribe Network or just from Tampere, they should contact you at some point and figure out. Absolutely, they should contact okay, us guys. as soon as possible. So contact, contact Victor and uh, we are good for today. Thank you very much for taking time for this interview and I hope you enjoy, you will become one of our listeners of our podcast and see you in stream in October. Thank you very much. Today we're having in the studio Tapio Seek. Hello, Tapio. Thanks very much for coming. And first things first, please tell us a few things about your background. Uh, thank you, first of all, uh, to have me here. My background really is uh, pretty much related and uh, connected to Tampere region. So I've done my studies here, graduated in uh, Hervanta way back when on uh, software engineering and computer science and then stayed pretty much in the area for about 20 years, with the exception of uh, spending uh, six, seven years uh, abroad in, in Holland and in, in, in the U.S. as well. I'm an engineer as education, as it became clear, but I've really done uh, all kinds of things in my life, mainly on the private sector, but um, also on the academia and public side. 
So um, on the private sector, I actually was, uh, I've been working with uh, big corporates like ABB and, and a couple of uh, American software companies. And then most of my uh, professional life, I've been with Nokia. So I spent in total about 17 years with Nokia. And uh, I went through there uh, pretty much all the business units besides the research center. In Nokia, the big part of my, my work there was to be involved with uh, the startup community. So I was with, uh, in the Nokia Venturing Organization from day one and did a couple of uh, internal startups in, in Nokia. And then uh, the uh, last seven, eight years uh, uh, when I was in Nokia, I was involved with the venture capital arm in Nokia. So in Nokia Venture Partners and I, I was also in the founding team for Nokia Growth Partners which meant that I was investing globally in uh, early and, and mid-stage mid startups. So as an engineer, I ended up being a VC, which was not exactly, of course, in the career plans in the early days. Uh, but I made it out of there. I left Nokia 2009, and um, then I was uh, running my own business for a couple of uh, years there, and uh, ended up then in uh, Aldo University seven, year, eight year, seven, eight years ago. Went there to uh, work on a project, but I ended up being the head of the Center for Entrepreneurship in Alto, which at the time was getting the startup sauna activities up and uh, all the student uh, entrepreneurship issues. So I was like the university department over the uh, student activities uh, in, in the entrepreneurship area. I've been there since uh, uh, until now, the January, uh, end of February, and I started here now, then uh, beginning of uh, March. And uh, my project here is to set up the new startup house here in Tampere, which is uh, nearby from this tribe uh, building at the moment. Okay, you have a really diverse background, and what you have just told us completely reshaped my original plan for the interview. Yeah, I should say that I love improvising, so let's do that. Let's probably talk a bit more about Startup House, any kind of insider information you can share with us. I think quite a lot of the information has been already out there on uh, on the big picture. So uh, the decision was made last fall uh, by the city that the, when the premises uh, are freed after Tredu leaves uh, the building, they decided that they want to make use of the space and, and, and the building for the entrepreneurship support and, and startup support. So uh, the project has been sort of uh, in preparation since last fall, and there are already uh, quite a lot of activities that are going on. And I now joined a little bit of a moving train here. I've been trying to catch up with all, all the different things that are already going on, and I've been meeting all kinds of stakeholders who are interested about the house and also those I th uh, who I think they should be interested as well. So currently we are at the stage where Tredo is still using the, uh, the premises. Uh, they will be more or less out of the building uh, by the end of May which means that then uh, during the summer we have time to uh, do some renovation work, making the building ready for the uh, use. And then the target at the moment is that we, we should have um, the first teams and communities to m moving in there uh, probably in September or October time frame. And then by the end of the year, it should be really uh, in, in good speed there. So that's, that's like the big picture at the moment. Okay. Can we invite some Tampere-located startups to join us in this new startup house, or will it be only the premises for the organizations? The m approach we and I have taken is that we are really going forward with the communities first. So I've been talking a lot with the uh, Tribe and, and uh, Game Hub and Startup Hub and, and all these communities which have been really uh, growing in the last couple of years, uh, years here in Tampere. The community 
angle is very strong in everything what we are planning to do uh, in the building. We will uh, have as diverse, I would say, a set of uh, operators or, or parties in the house, meaning that uh, there will be activities uh, coming from the university also located there. There will be, of course, these uh, accelerator programs, which are now already ongoing, and there are maybe a couple of new ones uh, coming up as well. It's... Uh, a place where basically any startup can come and sort of uh, have their own space or they can uh, sort of uh, come in through the community or uh, some other ways as well. You mentioned that you have an experience of working with students. In your opinion, if we want more startups in Tampere or in Finland in general, shall we inspire students to start their own startups while they're students? Shall we wait until they graduate? Shall we inspire high school children to start their own businesses like work a bit and then get a higher education how should these aspects combine i think we need all of those so i don't th- i don't see that they are by any means uh, sort of exclusive it would be very hard to put even a, like a priority on those because the the entrepreneurship is a mindset and it's something that uh, the earlier you start to sort of uh, embrace that mindset the more likely it is that you will at least try to be an entrepreneur and, and uh, run your own business. It, it's something that it's not for everyone, and that's also good to understand. But uh, you never should be afraid of uh, trying it out and finding it that, okay, yeah, well, I like this or I don't. And uh, it's also a good result that you find out that, well, you are not cut for the startup life, and, and then you'll just do something else which is better suited for you. Do you generally think that it's easy to start a business of your own nowadays in Finland? Technically, yes. I would say setting up a company is is not that complicated. But the big issue, of course, as with any startup, is that, okay, do you really have a good business idea? which you you start to work on. If you have that, then let's say the technicalities are not that big of a problem uh, in Finland at the moment. Then the main problem most likely is that after uh, you've come up with the idea is then to find a team to work with you and then sort of uh, um, get the thing going so uh, so that uh, the team also uh, sort of uh, makes the commitment to to push it forward as much as possible. I believe that both teams and ideas can be born during networking, and networking usually happens at some big projects. As a project lead of uh, Business Tamper, could you please tell a few words about some current projects you're involved in nowadays? Regarding the startup area, of course, we have a team of uh, three, four people in, in Business Tamper working uh, very closely all the time with the uh, startup scene or the entrepreneurship scene here in Tampere. We have these monthly events where we have investors and startups telling their stories. Uh, we uh, just started the Nordic Business School Accelerator Program a couple of weeks ago. We are currently in basically deciding a new uh, accelerator program operator this week and that will be launched uh, next month and it will be more focused on the interface between the corporates and startups so uh, it's called venture client client model that's also what what's in the pipeline and coming up and all these activities are most likely going to be present in the startup house when we get started there how can one learn about these projects Nordic Startup School, they have their own website and uh, the program is already uh, running. So the next batch is in the fall. There are uh, different, let's say, channels uh, where we advertise them and uh, hopefully as many see them as, as uh, possible. If there is a feeling that the marketing is not done in a good way, we are more than happy to hear the feedback and, and try to find the best channels for that.
And let me remind our listeners that interviews with the current participants of the Nordic Startup School will appear in the podcast episodes. And by participants, I mean both startups and mentors who take part in the project. I know that one of the spheres of your expertise is funding. Could you please give a few advice where a startup should look for funds? Well, we are probably out of time before if I really start to talk about that because that uh, I've been actually giving lectures of a half day regarding that topic. I think the main point really is that uh, regarding the funding that uh, you should be, as a founder, you should be very careful when you think about uh, getting the external funding because uh, you really don't want to dilute your own ownership in the company too early. And uh, I see that quite often happening here in Finland that uh, the first uh, seed and uh, A-round investors uh, get already such a big, big stake in the company that the founders, even if there is a good positive outcome, uh, meaning someone buys the company with a good valuation, the founders may not really get that much of the company, especially compared to the amount of work they put in there. Okay, thank you very much for the interview, Tapio. That was Tapio Sik from Business Tampere, and now we're moving to the next interview of this week. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, Sebastian, and please tell our listeners a few things about your background. Hey, thank you so much. Great being here at Tampere and, and Tribe Tampere meeting. Seeing your premises and meeting you. Yeah, I'm a growth strategist nowadays at a Helsinki-based growth agency called Truly Agency. I have a history in marketing from my education as well as a working life for the last decade, I would say. Since half a year, I've been working very closely with a lot of startups, helping them grow mostly with marketing in the digital environment, not excluding anything in terms of what comes to offline media, let's say, or any other measures, anything that has to do with growth marketing and, and growth hacking and, and the philosophy behind that. So, Okay, let's start from the beginning. What is understood under growth hacking? Growth hacking. Many understand it as a big, big buzzword that doesn't really mean a lot of things to me. I've come to learn it more as the philosophy of doing things. And, you know, it's more about how things are done, not necessarily by a strict set of rules, but it's about rapid experimentation and trying to do whatever you can and being resilient about the measures and tactics you use going from one thing to another and scaling those that work in order to, well, build growth, constant growth, and not giving up on that. Going Moving to the next thing, when one thing is identified as a non-scalable tactic for the purpose of scaling your business and, and building growth, basically. So I see more as a, in the back of the head the way you do things and, and the philosophy of it. Okay, I will ruin your philosophical mood and ask a very practical <laughs> All question. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Let's imagine we have an early-stage startup. Uh -huh. Is it better for the team to have someone in charge of growth hacking from inside, like taking a marketing person from very beginning to the team? Yeah. Or is it better to hire a professional? How does it work from your perspective? A very good question. Depends on, on the skill set that you have in-house, I would say. Mm -hmm. And on your resources and willingness to experiment you know, things if it's within the domain of marketing or scaling a business. I mean, that should be at the back of everyone's head who, <laughs> who's ever involved with, with the startup and working for it, whether as a founder or employee, but 
there's not a definitive answer to that. So if you can do it by yourself and if you have history, let's say, in, in those kinds of tactics, by all means, you know, do everything you can and, and never stop doing it and do it, go hard. But oftentimes companies, no matter whether startups, scale-ups or corporations can oftentimes and most of the time benefit from an objective viewpoint, an outsider's viewpoint who have histories working with tens if not hundreds of companies in different domains. So as oftentimes you work with mentors and and different advisors from various disciplines, marketing and sales is something that you can benefit definitely from if you have an outsider helping you with that. Whether you do it by hand, in-house, or kind of outsource it to an agency like Truly Agency, depends on your resources and what you see as the things that you should focus on. Okay, since you work with lots of startups, as far as I understood, your main clients are startups. Mm, I would say most of our clientele nowadays are startups or scale-ups, yeah. In your opinion, what's the main challenge for a startup that stops them from, you know, becoming big and great? Well... Why don't we have an Nokia? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Why doesn't each and every entrepreneur succeed i think it's north of 90 percent that startups eventually fail and there are multiple reasons why that happens and there's been a bunch of studies conducted also to find out reasons oftentimes the product is not ready whether it's a good or a service well if it's a startup it's most likely a service that has the potential to scale it's trying to be maybe sold before it's actually in a state where people are willing to pay for it i would say so when you apply growth hacking to it, you can, yeah, try to sell it directly. But, you know, the philosophy works, of course, obviously into the product as, as well. So you need to hack it and find out what do, you need, what do you need to iterate about it in order for it to come up with a solution to an existing problem. And after that, it should find traction somewhere at least. Basically, what are your criteria when you choose which startup to work with? Well, we have to see potential in it. That's that's the one thing. Uh so we start with a straight-on, transparent discussion about how their business outlook is currently and what are the growth objectives for them in the future. And we have the expertise to see, you know, if there is potential for us to actually deliver some results in relation to those objectives. And obviously, you should have resources enough to be able to invest in marketing efforts. As said, they should be investments, not costs, that bring in also positive results. Those two things, I would say. You have to have at least something to invest, which might be tricky at times and you might feel, you know, it being a risk, but it's an investment. And secondarily, after our kind of audit of how we see the business being able to scale, those two things I would I would raise up. And then after that, it's just a matter of testing. And that's what growth marketing and growth hacking is about. You know, we are living in a new economy in the digital world and there are so many uncertainties. We might not always know for certain what will work and what will not work. But the whole idea is there that we are we should take a naive kind of standpoint and build our tactics and what we do on hypotheses that are argued for based on something at least and then just go in and test it with a low threshold, small budgets and you know, once we get that traction and see what brings in sustainable growth that drives us towards our bigger objectives, then that's the place to scale. And then it should be no problem anymore, you know, to bring in more resources to build on that scalability because it's sustainable. Okay, I think I got your point. I know that you have a background in corporate Mm -hmm. life, work, whatever. In your opinion, what's the difference, what's the main difference between working in a corporate system versus working in a startup? Well, this is 
two completely different worlds, I would say. So which one is better? Both have their place in the world, and I know many, 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 many people are fed up with the corporate world and how how things are done there, and that's maybe partly the reason that I want to see you know how things are, how marketing is conducted in a fast-paced environment such as the startup world, where you know you don't have indefinite runway you have to find a way to grow on or unless you will not exist anymore and then you have to move on to the next thing i did work for very large global marketing communications corporation for nine years before i started a truly agency the biggest difference is that then you maybe had much more time to plan things out and you already had some history of how those goods or services are marketed so you had validated kind of theories of how things will work which is a big difference to let's say this new economy where rapid technological development is creating whole new you know businesses and service models and business models and so forth so there might not be a history or a background or understanding of how you kind of can do measures of growth for these businesses that's one thing and secondarily it's much more fast-paced obviously a big difference is the philosophy and how the company structures business structures and organizations are built so here we are talking with smaller organizations with entrepreneurs themselves and investors even so it's much more straightforward and transparent talk whereas talking with marketing heads managers and and directors you have to take time to kind of make sure that they know exactly what we plan on doing because they have to sell the ideas also within their own organization and get someone to agree with that so it's a lot of bureaucracy and things that in such work that it's not actually producing results so for the entrepreneurial mind they tend to find themselves you know in these startup environments because you can actually execute things quite rapidly and be free of all the unnecessities that you don't really want to spend your time on thank you very much for being with us today sebastian and i know that it's your first visit to tribe tamper premises that's right and reminder for our listeners that tribe tamper is for now situated in pinion kato 47 aka P47 co-working space so please come visit the working hours are 9 to 5 do you believe that okay let's put it this way why do startups tend to cooperate in some kind of networking and co-working spaces in your opinion well you're a social animal and you have ideas and you have to share those ideas and get feedback that's just i think the natural way to do and obviously you are drawn to people who think like you because they inspire you as well they understand you basically i mean it's great that you know startup hubs are popping up here and there and like try tampere exist and has the facilities to feed that because people need to talk to each other you know that's how this world you know revolves and it's the natural evolution so you generally believe that networking platforms like tribe tampere are useful for startups for sure i mean i think it's a strong evidence that people come here they frequent here and they come back here so that's your product market fit and validation i would say already i mean it's it's clear evidence that there's a demand for such a service there is usually this contradiction or difference between something which happens in Helsinki and something which happens outside of Helsinki. Do you think it's still useful to have local startup communities or should everybody move to Helsinki? No, I don't think everyone should move to Hel- Helsinki. I myself moved to Helsinki from I was born and, and grew up very close to Tampere and Tampere is close to my heart as well. I've spent tons of time in Tampere and, and I'm right now here so we recently went to Oul for polar bear pitching. That was a couple of weeks ago and visited one startup park there as well and got to know it just like I, I am now doing here in 
drive Tampereen. Every place kind of, I feel, has their own atmosphere. And the people are a little bit somehow, you know, different. I've noticed the difference being that whenever I'm in Helsinki, it's the fastest paced place, I would say. And the people, you can, you sense it from the people people as well. But I would not wish for everyone to bring their businesses right away to Helsinki. I think you can grow them, especially as so many are scalable digital businesses. So it doesn't really matter where you are. But to have different kind of communities in different geographical locations, I think is, is a bonus. And that still does not mean that you cannot socialize with people all over the globe because we have all the technology and the means to do so. So it's not about the physical geographical location anymore. And I think it will be less and less so in the future. So we have means of finding the people we need also online and, and so forth. With that being said, I think there is still a role for face-to-face meetings as we are now now having and, and having a real being in the same place at the same time. But that doesn't mean that all startups should be in one place. That would I would imagine making the whole scene a little bit more homogeneous, which is not something that I think is necessary. I mean, it's good that there exist some differences because that can bring up different types of features in both people and as well as products whether they be goods and services and and then finally the businesses that offers them to the market all right thank you very much for the interview thanks so much thank you for having me this was tribecast episode 11 and my name is marina let me remind you that Tribecast Tre is an independent media working in a close cooperation with Tribecast community. Let me remind you that Tribecast is an independent media working in a close cooperation with Tribe Tampere community. And nowadays you can not only listen to us online, but also follow us on Twitter. By the way, any feedback is always welcome. This was all for this week. I hope you enjoyed this weekend. Next week I'll get you more cool interviews with more interesting people. Stay warm and tuned.